You're exactly where you need to be. And you're listening to ADD Comedy with Dave Rizowski. Today's guest is actor Ptolemy Slocum. Yeah, he's been in The Wire, Looking, Veep, The Sopranos, and more. Yeah, he's running the new school at The Nerdist here in L.A. But prior to this pod chat, he and I never met nor talked. And yet, through this chat, I discovered a kindred improv spirit. It doesn't happen very often. Ptolemy talks about conquering fear, the power in not following the improv rules, and the best storage for your stuff is, well, at the store. I've never had a pod chat like this, and um, I, I, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, please enjoy Ptolemy Slocum. Now we're starting. Now we're starting. That's what we're doing. We're starting now. Um, do you have a lot of stuff that you have to get rid of? Yeah. Came from New York and just move into this palatial, you know, environment. And so right. your life expands to fit the Petri dish that you're in. It's so. really true. And you never have an empty drawer. That's what I've always found, yeah. that we never have an empty drawer. Yeah. Trash will find its way there if it's ab- absolutely empty exactly. at all. Exactly. It just, like, fills itself up. It'll, yeah. Um, so now we're going to have to, like, contract. Mm-hmm. So you got to get rid of shit. Yeah. How do, you, how do you feel about that? I actually get a little bit of a thrill out of it Mm -hmm. it feels like you're like tearing out like I'm the kind of guy that likes um, like my wife has brushes and Mm -hmm. they're full of hair and I kind of like pulling all the hair out there's that feeling of like getting stuff out getting like clutter out weeds like pulling that stuff out so I actually like like generally maybe once every two years or so I'll line up all my clothes per um, you know genre of like t-shirts whatever and I will no matter what, get rid of 30% of all of it. 30%. I love so, that. Yeah, I enjoy it. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I had a girlfriend who, looked at me, who, looked at me, who, who stayed here for a bit, and she looked at my stuff, and she went, you got to get rid of your shit. you got a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of old stuff. Yeah. And I went, that's my stuff. You can't tell me that. But then she was right. Yeah. And um, I've mentioned this before in the podcast. I'm, I'm a member of this book club called Fuck That Book. And it's essentially that book that you're never going to read. Fuck right. that book. Throw that book away. Yeah. You're not going to get it. Just And then you have so much room. But you, what you're doing is, fuck that t-shirt. Yeah. I mean, stuff accumulates you. I also have this philosophy for people. Um, I try to convince, because I have friends, and they get stuck in this like pattern of like piles. you know. Mm-hmm. But I have this idea, and it's helped me, is that I am storing, I am paying for storage at the store. So I am not going to purchase that. I am going to get rid of it. And if I ever want it again, I give myself the right to buy it. But between now and then, if I ever want it again, I'm storing it at the store <laughs> that it's sitting at. Right. Right? It's right. my storage, right. but I just got rid of it. Right. And it's still at the store. If I want to go get it, I can go get it, and I'll pay for that because that was my purchase for storage. Right. That's how I like try to run things. Uh, that is awesome. That is awesome. Now, when you lived in New York, did you have a small place? Yeah. Of course bedroom, you had a small of course. place. Yeah, Where sure. was it? Lower East Side. Lower East Side. Yeah. Um, so when you live in New York, you either learn to live with no room for you to move around in or not have a lot of stuff to take up room yeah. for you to move around. I so mean, you can move around. In New York, you sleep at your house. You know what I mean? Like right. your, your living room, everything, all the other parts of your house is outside of your building. It's like the city is your home right. and you go home to sleep. That's what, uh, I lived in Amsterdam for a bit and that they have this, this term called gezellich. Hmm. And what that means is it's essentially conviviality, which is just a weird word that nobody ever uses anymore. Like huzzah. But um, everybody's, everybody, all the cafes were people's living room. 
you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Because they didn't yeah, have yeah, any room. Yeah. So the cafes were people's living room, and yeah. that, you know, and again, you want to store your shit, you could store your shit at the bodega in New York. You uh -huh. know, right. the same sort of exactly. idea. On the corner. On the corner, right. Because yeah. I don't, I, so you, you said it the way that you said it, there was something about the way that you said it, it's like, I do this, but does your wife do something, does your wife have that same philosophy? She's good. She's pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, one thing that I, that I don't think you look for in a partner, a lot of times like when you're dating, you're mostly just like something that you want to have sex with or like that you, you don't like fight a lot. But one thing that really works for us that I wish I had looked for and fortunately we have is we have a similar disposition towards money. Uh -huh. like the value of money and right. spending money. Right. Like I can't imagine the number of arguments that comes up, and we have the same relationship with like stuff and like materialism <laughs> and like, wow, it's I, I just got lucky on that, but I can I now see the number of times we would have like butted heads on yeah. things. Yeah. No, I had I my when I was married, my wife and I had arguments about money. Yeah. Well, huge arguments yeah. about money. <clears throat> I mean, you know, top three arguments, one was about money. I know. It's, it's your relationship to the outside world. It's like how you interact with um, the, the matter outside of you. Mm -hmm. Money has that relationship. So really, it's a relationship argument. It's a relationship between you and matter outside of you, and then the other person's relationship to them and matter. And it can be a really big deal. It's interesting because you call it matter, and there's a... Um, uh, I, work, I teach for Steppenwolf Theater Company, and they, uh, they, one of the foundations of what they teach is something called viewpoints. Uh -huh. Are you familiar with viewpoints? Maybe. Okay. I might have so, heard it. I'm not so, sure. So one of the things, so it's nine points, and it doesn't matter. I'm not going to get into it. Um, but one of the things that, one of the nine is called architecture. And architecture is, yes, it's our house, yes, it's, uh, yes, it's our house, yes, it's the walls, but it's also this cup and these, these headphones and this remote control. We have a relationship with all that architecture. Yeah. I take your hat away, you're like, that's my hat. You have a relationship to that. Right. If I said, your, your, your daughter, your son? Two daughters. Two daughters. Yeah. If I say, your daughters, your daughters, they're in a way that they're architecture because you have a relationship with them. That's right. If I say, your daughter, you have a relationship with that. Money is the same thing. That's right. And anybody who teaches improv knows that when somebody talks about the money, it's not about the money, it's mm -hmm. about the person that has the money, the person's relationship to the money. That's right. So when we talk about the money, it's boring because we're talking about matter, what you call matter. When we're talking about money, we're talking about really, what is that person's relationship to the money? That's right, yeah. And even, and in some ways I try to, the reason why I use terms like that sometimes is to go generic enough to um, cross the boundary between where money ends and things happen. Because I have some things of my father's, right? It's just an item, like you pointed out. Right. And, and, and literally, sometimes it is a remote. It is a pin. The pin doesn't work anymore. It's a dead pin. But so's my father. You know what I mean? Like, so right. that pin to me, like, you can't really throw that out without throwing out something. Like, I have, I have a tissue connection to that. You know. And the same thing, some people have with money. Like, I grew up kind of poor. Like, um, I, you know, at a certain point, my bedroom was my mother's. Um, closet you mm -hmm. know like we we because they separated and it was for me like to buy something sometimes it has this like anxiety reflection right and if I see like waste or finishing dinner plates like I get this weird compulsion of like finishing even other people's dinner you know like and that comes from a child that's my that's a childhood that's impulse. an echo and it comes it's a, my relationship to the things around me 
but it, it is a memory of like a pattern and it calms mm. me, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not just money, it's like how these things outside of you trigger the the kind of like the tree and the roots that you became, you know what I mean? Certainly, and, and what you're talking about also is, and I think the, the major part here is, are you aware that that are you aware that you have a are you aware that you have that relationship and when i say that relationship what do you mean is are you aware that you have that mindfulness toward that object yeah you know it's not just the object yeah it's about your mindfulness towards that object right and any and you know you 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 do run this the nerdist school is that what you do? yeah okay so and i i looked at some of your classes and i was like those are awesome offerings that you have there. Mm. Very different than other classes because mm -hmm. you're talking about foundational things right. that are emotional, foundational, not about get the laughs out, but rather, are you aware? Are you here? Is that, is that do That's I have right. it right? So in that, in teaching improv, I mean, for me, I, I teach in that way too. And it's a matter of being aware of being aware. That's right. Yeah. And what you're doing is, in that, with your relationship with that architecture or your matter, whatever you want to call it, you get to have that relationship, that behavioral relationship. Mm -hmm. right. So you're aware of the behavioral relationship and you are also aware of the, uh, the value of what you call matter. Right. Yeah. And then when you talk about it with matter, and this also applies to, um, to theater and it applies to life, in some ways it applies to money, is um, even gesture. Like another human being's gesture. You interpret that because you have... A physical connection to something in your past and so somebody can be doing something they don't actually even know they're doing it but it is it is basically puppeteering you yep. and some of that is you puppeteering yourself of course based on somebody else's reaction but other people are objects as well and even just aspects of other people like some people have a like a tick some people move their head in a certain way and it has reflective memories for you and you react you are reacting to items in the room that are inside of another person you know what i mean yep. oh no no i'm, I'm smiling widely um everybody can hear it because <laughs> one of the viewpoints is gesture Ah, yes. And one of the viewpoints is gesture and the idea of you may not be aware that you're doing it, um, which is awesome because I just, I teach a drop-in class and my drop-in class on Wednesday was gesture. Ah. And there was a woman there who said, I don't gesture. Of course. She said gesturing. I know. And I was like, but when you say you're not even aware of it, when we're in an improv scene, you don't have to be aware of it. No. I get to be aware of it. Yes. And I get to go, oh, you're coding to me. You're telling me in code. Right. You're subdermally telegraphing shorthand yeah clearly yeah and and all the improvisers that i love working with they're as a duo or as a single whatever it's going to be or in a group we're all shh, agreeing that we're going to listen on this level right. right that's right subtext subtext but it's it's more than it's it's subtext yes and it's also um a code because the right. code is this if i uh, if I move my arm one half inch to the right, I'm aware that I did that. I'm also aware that you're aware that I did that. Right. And if I'm aware that you're aware right. that I did that, then I know that that means something to you on a level right. that was intentional. Right. And the simplest thing, especially in improv, to communicate to people that you've never worked with before is the slight hesitation before the other decision. So it's like, you do it, but... You add this slight hesitation, like, I don't like it, and I'm doing it. So now you know, just that tiny, like, this line, because you've been doing it for a long time, you know that I'm going to do it, but my, my arc for this scene is to slowly get more and more frustrated with it, and now you have the inside of idea of, like, where I'm moving in this scene. You know Clearly. What I mean? And you have a point of view at that moment. Right. I know that you have held on to that point of view. And what we're doing right now, and that's all that we're doing, is fucking dealing with my point of view at your point of view. Right. And that is all. All that other crap fucking doesn't matter. Right. 
It does not matter. So you get to the idea of like how to pay attention to um, the language of being, you know, and it's it's kind of a muscle. It's a people aren't necessarily innately aware of it. Um, uh, I don't we, think they are. Can we talk about exercises? Of course we can. There's one. I mean, for me, I, the conversation that we that we have is the conversation that we have. We don't have to talk about improv. I'm just talking about it because sure, we, you know, we that's what we lit up. But it reminds me of like probably the best exercise that I do. Um, and uh, I remember like when I started teaching improv. I was Where was so, that? This was like in New York City. At what um, place? It, it was like coaching, but then I started teaching my own class at the People's Improv Theater. Yeah, 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 uh, Ali's place. Yeah, um, and so I was making up my own curriculum and I was so um, mm -hmm. kind of rebellious at that time mm -hmm. that all I wanted to do was break rules and find a way to prove that it's okay to break rules. Oh my God, that's exactly right. Um, and so that, because I was young and that, that was how, I was defining myself against other things, which we may talk about um, later today about the difference between acting out of yourself and acting in opposition to other things. Got which it. I'm, which is important, mm -hmm. um, and especially in starting a new space, a new like school. Like the Nerdist School. Yes, is um, getting people to act from a zero instead of from other sources. <laughs> and and more, most importantly, against other sources. You know what I mean? Like treat this as its own mistake. I, 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 you're on your way to somewhere and I want to go there with you. Right, but um, let me but, talk about but, this. Oh, let me just say this. No, let me just say this <laughs> okay. about that because I, I need, I want to I I okay. jump on that right sure, there. Sure, sure, sure. And I cannot agree with you more because when somebody comes into any of my drop-in classes, I need for them to not unlearn anything that they've done because yes. that's not what I'm doing. I don't need for them to, 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 uh, to bring that shit in either, whatever it is that they're doing, I need for them to have a zero point tabla rasa because what we're going to be doing at that moment is I'm going to be aware of you and you're going to be aware of me and anything else that we're bringing in that isn't part of those two things right. is a non sequitur and I've got to fucking explain it to you. And it's the same thing as like getting rid of your clothes or getting rid of some of your house, like that stuff you have to undo before you can even start doing. It's Clearly. like stuff you have to like cut back and that's an extra amount of energy. Right, and if I have a room that has nothing in it other than your dad's pin, Right. That is flavoring that room. <laughs> well, don't attack my dad's pin. No, I mean, but you know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I I'm know. Not saying, I'm just saying that, that when I say it flavors it, I'm not saying in a good way or a bad way. I'm saying at that moment, oh, that, room, I agree. that room is not empty. Right, but and even it, when it, you say, what's hilarious is even when you say dad's pin, it makes me react in a way that I'm not even, you know what I mean? Because it's so, some of these things are so effective that yeah. we can't get past them. You know, like, I know. They happen at a place. So this is like, this exercise that I'm talking about has to do with this as well, which is the idea of getting un behind things that are subconscious. So moving your subconscious backward in your processing to hopefully get there. And the exercise is very simple, which is just standing in one space. Um, and it started as like uh, kind of an acting exercise. And at first it was like, oh, I just need the two of you to like, just be in a, be in a space. We'll give you a non-geographic location. Just stand there as yourselves. Mm -hmm. And it kept evolving to like, no, nah, don't even know each other. Like I should probably just do it with one person, honestly, but I've been doing it the same way. You don't know each other. You don't want to interact. You do not interact. You have no idea. You have, there's no movement. There is no, there's no like anything. You are literally standing and looking. And what it's experimenting with is the concept of sphincter. Like this thing that you tighten up on stage where like your kind of ass tightens up or like parts of you, parts of you clinch on stage when you're being observed. Because there's, there's even on a particle level, it's not possible to observe something without changing its properties. Absolutely. So now we have to deal with ourselves, this massive engine of all of this memory and all of it. So 
can we become more aware of how we are affected when we're observed and to slow people down to that point where they're just standing? I, uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I and totally understand. And that has understand. a lot of effect. It, and, and here's the thing, and, and you've probably experienced this as well because it sounds like you and I are both coming from the same place. Um, uh, it, there is a pushback. Uh, and a lot of the pushback, and, yeah. and again, there's yeah. a pushback because exactly. people go, how do I not anything? How yeah. do I not anything? Yeah. You know, but how do, how do I enter without anything? Because all the teachers that I've ever had said, every sentence, uh, you can't ask a question. You have to have the who, the what, and the where at the beginning. You need to have the, the, the thing, the thing. And it's like, how do I, because really what you're asking is what all improvisation is about. For me, it's an existential experience, and that's it. Yeah. Can you just exist in that right. moment and then see what your relationship is to all those things to the stimuli that is happening to you one at a time. Right, right. So that's the next step is from zero to one. What happens to you from zero, absolute zero, where you're existing in a, a private space in front of other people? What happens when you go from zero to just one, where you like just observe another person? What in your brain fires up, you know what I mean? To become aware of those mu the musculature in your brain that is acting without you being aware of it. So even from just zero to one, what's happening in you? Where you like look over and you can feel yourself like try to do your own habits, try to do your own. And so if you just like really lock people down into right. that moment and say stop it, they can they can learn the musculature that we were just talking about before, which is the form of communication between people that is very subtle and just simply like there, where they are showing something. And this is where gesture can destroy what you intend. Because if you're putting shorthand on top of what you mean, that's a very different than actually meaning it. I'm not saying putting it there. I'm saying noticing that it's there. Sure, there's that too. But I, I find people, especially with acting, and like, because um, like our philosophy is the number one thing is acting. It starts with acting. Mm -hmm. It's improvisation as acting first. Yes, get it. And, I get it. And second is subtext. Second is the writing or the stuff that you learn at like most places. But acting is first because right. if you observe what someone actually is, you can actually work together and manipulate that. And I think there is a danger to shorthand. There's a danger to have a coding where you're actually typing the outside of you to someone else. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying what I'm saying is it's noticing it. It's yeah. not adding it. It's noticing it. No, no, I'm not actually going against what you said. Okay. I'm talking about in, an, in the acting sphere. Got it. Because right. each of us has to function, right? So each of us has built up an exoskeleton of um, features or like, you know, like to make people feel comfortable or to like, you mm. know, like mm -hmm. the our gestures, all of these things. Mm -hmm. And they're on top of what we intend. And it's also on top of what we're actually experiencing. Right. So if you cut back to that, then you're back at the source of what you actually mean. Yes. And I find that some people, especially if they are good at it, it's almost like those crabs that add like decoration to themselves, mm -hmm. like their whole lives, they'll find things on the seafloor and keep adding to themselves. And basically they're what- They're fabulous, by the way. They're amazing. And it's so it's so intricate and it's, it's a beautiful creature, but you are basically programming your responses to other people. Yes. Yes, as opposed to being opposed and to feeling the feeling being. that you're feeling at the moment yeah. that you're feeling the feeling. So stripping away all gesture, stripping away all shorthand right. first right. to get people to, to only show what it is they're feeling. And, and then those things come out of that organic feeling, yeah. the unfolding and furling evolving of all those and things. And then it's purposeful as opposed exactly. to subconscious. Right. So, so the idea of, and again, the idea of entering a scene, entering a scene and adding those things on at the beginning of the scene 
and then saying we'll get to the relationship second, I'm wondering how the fuck do you do that right. because we've just muddied the water right. with all of that information. Hi, Carl. I'm so glad you came down with me to the running of the Bulls at Pamplona. I really understand that your wife is an astronaut and that she owes you money. Oh, by the way, I fucked your wife. It's like, what the fuck do I do with all that? Just take one and then remove that. Yeah. And let's see what we have. Or pierce through all, like, my thing is, like, pierce through all of that. Like, what was the tone of that person? Clearly. What was their, what were they, what ultimately are they trying to affect you with? Mm -hmm. Get rid of all language. And that's, like, the second thing is not listening. This was the second, this was the second thing that I tried to break in when I started When you out. say you tried to break, what you're, you're trying to break is then the, the, what you're trying the to rule. say. Of, of what's the, what's so the, the first rule was, um... What was that? Oh, knowing each other. Mm -hmm. Whenever you start saying when, you know each yeah, other. Yeah, hi, Carl. Right. Yeah, and so then I and I started these exercises that were like, that you don't know each other. Mm -hmm. And that be, that led to this acting thing. Right. The second one was um, listening. Right. I, I because there's a strong argument to be made of what listening is. Yes. And being very careful with listening. Mm -hmm. Because listening is not the whole spectrum of what your your ears are taking in. Mm -hmm. And we're so brain heavy, right. and a lot of improv people are so like process heavy, that if you add any words to it, mm -hmm. that's all that they can pick up. Right. And different people are different ways. Like some people automatically just listen to emotion. But unless you remove listening, remove all language, some people have a hard time understanding what's under, like where is this motivation coming? Because if you're improvising based on motivation, you're improvising on one thing. Their motivation, your motivation. You can add as much bullshit on top of it right. as you want, but you are impervious to confusion because you know exactly what you're looking for and you know exactly where yep. you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the second thing that I worked on was just like, do not listen. Do not take in language. Language is the last thing you need in order to function right now. And it is like the essence of you and the essence of that person that you need to pay attention the, to. The tone. But, we're, but right. it's also listen on a subdermal level. That's so right. what you're really not, what you're, you're, so your brain is a liar and an asshole and I'm right. about to fucking throw you off. Right. So what you're really listening to is, this is what I, this for me, we're talking about the same thing, which is great. For me, it's listen to your, your the way that you're breathing. Because yeah. I enter a scene and I am nothing and then suddenly you go, what the fuck was that? I go, what? And then at that moment, I know how to fucking breathe for that beat of yeah. that scene. Right. And I think, the step even beyond that, that I, when I know that I'm inside of something and it feels great, is the breath is actually telling me what to do. That's what I mean. It's my body is improvising, not my mind. That's exactly and what I'm talking about. I'm just following my body, like, what the hell's happening? Like, I get surprised because the brain is just one organ. Right. It's one part of you. Right. And your body has intelligence that we do not use. Like, your hands know what they're doing. Like, the, the improvising with this core area is fantastic because your brain will always be moving at the same speed. It's about the, the, the same power as like one of these light bulbs is literally the electricity of like the electrons. Mm -hmm. And if we let that go, it'll just process until it hits capacity, right? But if we, if we focus our energy on the, the amount of energy we're using to listen or to tell the scene in our body parts, we can actually use our brain energy to like, just pay attention, let's just watch our own scene. Yep. Let's listen to ourselves, like let's just be surprised by what's happening. And then you can like work on other architecture, like where's the scene going or where's the show going or like what's going on? Or just to notice where the fuck it's going yeah. and not feel that you have to be in response to anything because if, you, if you're thinking in that moment that you know where the scene is going, you're no longer in the scene. Yeah. But just to say, oh, what's happening right now? I take a picture of that, I'm gonna take a picture of that, I'm gonna take a picture of that. I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna deal with what, that, what those pictures mean. I'm just fucking taking a picture, right. that's all. 
So, but, it, but absolutely. Uh, and um, that is a very hard thing to get people to do. It is. And yet I'm not going to fucking give up on that. Nope. I'm, I'm going to be like, say, what did you just do? So I do have a, I do have an actor and this is a, a workshop I did um, last week, summer, doesn't matter. So I have an actor sit. Right. And then I just have him fucking sit. And I say, just be aware of what, where your body is right now. Don't just be aware of where your body is right now. And let's watch him. And I want everybody to say there when you notice something happen where they don't even intend to do it. And every fucking time something happens. Yeah. And you can also tell when somebody is bringing something in. You go, I didn't believe that. You didn't trust that That's moment. Right. And I think that one of the things that, because I noticed uh, one of your level one classes is teaching blocking, which I think is such an interesting thing to teach because nobody in improv is teaching blocking. Yeah. Um, a, a woman's teaching it. I think you have a couple. Uh, Again, a, architecture. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the idea of, because when it comes to, uh, right. But it's also your your, the fun, foundation, your architecture, if you will, is acting. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because I think it's really exciting. It's exciting because uh, I'm, I'll be 56 next week, <laughs> a week from today. Congrats. And thank you very much. And I've been doing improvisation since uh, 1982. Huh. And the people that, I was, that were my teachers back then were actors. Yeah. Or were acting teachers. And now where we are is, and the toothpaste is out of the tube, that the students that are learning are learning from improvisers. That's right. Who learn from improvisers who learn from improvisers. That's right. So what ends up happening, what has happened, and it's okay, is the craft of acting has become lost. So all those uh, acting, because all improv is acting. Right. But, the, but that, that underlying thing that makes the actor have the tools that they can have in order for that to be a compelling scene so that I can fucking listen to you. Mm-hmm. And hear you, mm-hmm. and hear what you're even not intending me to say, mm-hmm. or not intending to say to me. That's right. And then we get so these are nice, and it sounds like you know to some extent we're like old men, and we're like pining for whatever. I'm not. Um, and I don't know if that's exactly true because now you look at something like um, the TJ and Dave exercise, which is that we observe. Humans observe, Mm -hmm. and we are aware of a lot more than you think and allow them to see it. But if you let the audience come toward you instead of this, a lot of what the improv stuff is function-based, and it's going outward. But if if you just allow the audience to come inward, and you know that they are watching you, and every human brain is designed to watch. All of them, not improviser, non-improviser. We're all, we all know exactly, because we all live our lives. So we are designed to watch other humans. And when you do that, the quality of the work goes up. We're not talking about something that is the right way to do things or what have you just for talking's sake. Like the work itself is deeply improved and it takes a lot less energy to get there if you allow the audience to like pull into you. And in order to do that, it has to be real. Right. It's not and just functionality, it's existence. And I think that when you say functionality, are you talking about uh, when you like say, how to build a scene, how to say yes it, and, how to do it, like right, all these right, rules, right, right, all these right. rules no. that like construct. It's constructive improv. I, for me, one of the things that you're talking about where you go, because for, for me, I do the same thing. It's like, why can't 
we talk about someone who's not there. Why can't we? Because really, when we talk about someone who's not there, we're not talking about someone who's not there. <laughs> when I talk about somebody who's not there, the focus isn't the person that's not here. Right. The focus is me that's right. talking about that person right. that's not there and having the emotional tone and you getting from me what that is. Right. So the idea of don't ask a question, like how the fuck do you do that? Because what, ha what we have to teach people is this. We, we, have to, we have to say, you know, fuck all that rule. Because there are no questions in improvisation. There's no questions in theater. That's right. It's text. It's a line right. that has an emotional, it's, it's a, an emotional delivery system. So when I ask you, what are you doing? It's not about me looking for you to answer the question. It's about me asking you to listen to my fucking tone and respond to my tone. That's right. What are you doing? It's like, mind your own business. That's right. You know, so in that way, what, what, what ended up happening was because... Again, and I, and I think that this might be the reason. Who the fuck knows? Acting asks you to be vulnerable and to hit your heart. Right. And what happened is we got away from that and we became all about the functionality, what you're talking about, the, uh, the rules of it all. Right. And, and so it's like, you don't have to do this as long as, you don't have to use your heart as long as you use your clever. That's right. Yeah, I think there's... Um... You know, my observation of, uh, obviously, I've, I've been doing this as long as you, but no one has. Um, but uh, <laughs> but my observation is there are, that um, improv, like other things we take on, is based in fear. And fear in itself, you know, at the end of fear, if you keep following it, has to do with death, right? And so different people react to fear in different ways. And some of those ways, and this is a very like American slash, uh, you know, like human thing is how do you deal with your fear? And, and one of the most basic ways is to defeat the fear, is to, to make it less afraid for you. Mm -hmm. And so now if I'm walking into improv, how do I reduce the amount of fear that I'm experiencing? And that is to know what I'm doing. So in some ways I defeat death when I know exactly how to do this. You know exactly what I'm gonna do, I'm, I know exactly what you're gonna do, and I set up these rules that make it safer for me. Right. So there's two ways to react to death. It's safety or acceptance. Ah. And this is where improv, and especially if you're doing it the, the quote unquote easy way, or at least what I'm accusing to be the easy way is, you're looking for safety. You, now you approach this fear of yours with a way of like, how can I defeat this? How can I kill the beasts that live out in the wild? You know what I mean? And it makes me feel stronger to be able to walk onto stage and know that I'm okay. Be in control. Yes, and I can, I can construct this and I'm listening for the way you're saying it and we can make this as, as hammered out and simplistic as possible. It started with short form and it's moved on to this like thing that like even in long form, I know what this is. We're gonna do a very linear thing and that will make me feel safe. It's a thing that I was afraid of. Now I'm not afraid of it. Look how far I've come, right? <laughs> but there's a difference between not being afraid of it and, and avoiding it. And tr to be truly immune from fear is to accept the danger. It's to accept the failure and to accept even the death that improvisation is that you cannot beat it. It is part of you and now you are inside of it and it is making you fail. You know what I mean? Like it is accepting the death that is improv. That is true, that's true defeating of fear. Like again, I'm not saying it because I don't like it or because it's like small. I'm saying you can defeat the same thing by accepting it, taking in the failure, taking in the moment and allowing yourself to just exist in this frightening environment of like, I don't know what's gonna happen next. Right. And that's who you are, you know what I mean? Like, instead of building this construct, this almost like 
fast food version of like, here, you got it. You're going to do it and you're going to be fine. That's like a, I don't know, it's like very linear. It also, it, well, it's, it's you inviting me over to your house for, for dinner and me getting in the car on the way, uh, coming home and going, why am I still hungry? And then remembering, oh yeah, we just had, we just had uh, potato chips. You know, you said you're going to give me dinner, but where's the substance? Right. Where's that? Where's that substance? Right. Because, and I love the idea because I feel like the only, and I feel like I know this, the only source of suffering is non-acceptance. Now, when you say failure, I know you don't mean the textbook definition of failure because for me, there no. is no such fucking thing no. as failure. As long as you're doing it and what you're doing is you're learning it. And somebody mentioned this yesterday. Um, uh, there was a, a, I had a podcast interview and, and they were talking about, which is really interesting, they were talking about the astronauts on the space shuttle or whatever, the International Space Station, their job is just to do this. Make it so that they're constantly adjusting in order to keep on track. And that's all that they're doing. When they go away, they make a little adjustment. When they go away, they make a little adjustment. So the orbit that they're orbiting is that consistent orbit. And what we're doing in improvisation, there's no mistake. We're right. just responding to that which just occurred. Right. And, uh, and there is no death. I mean, for me, I look at that and I go, how, how do you know that death is the end? How do you fucking know that death is the end? That's right. And, and, and so when you say it's an American thing, it's a human thing, what I believe is it's uh, that fear, that uh, the lack of the fear of death and the, the, un, the not definition of death, the definition of what death means is a very Buddhist thing because the Buddha said there is no beginning, there is no end, there is just this thing that we're continually right. doing. But not and, to us. There's like this, this American... Not to admit, right, 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 because we have this idea that you can't fail, that you can't do it wrong, right, and you need to protect yourself from making a mistake or looking foolish in public, and that actually lends itself to you digging your own hole. You know what I mean? Because now you have to do everything perfectly or what have you, and if you don't open yourself up to that, you're actually not truly doing it. You're doing a version of it that makes you feel better, and it looks like it. And it even like on the plate looks like it. And you could eat it and it, it might even be filling. <laughs> but you're not right. actually doing it. No. No. But why my question then is why do so many people do that? Because it's easy. It's I, I know that. But the thing is like I'm watching it and I'm I, I mean I haven't seen a show at your space because you're kinda new, right? Yeah, we're new. Okay. So I haven't seen a show there, but um uh, but a lot of the improv that I watch, I go, Why are you guys doing that? And I'm not saying at your space, I'm just going I, uh, I, uh, you, are you aware? Are you fucking aware? I did a show the other. I did a show a few weeks ago um, where uh, they basically called me. Uh, it was a, a teacher with students, and it was a, a theater. And they two actors basically called for somebody to walk on and be a waiter, or whatever the fuck. And I walked on, and they totally ignored me. And I'm thinking, you called me. Are you aware that you called me? Are you aware that I'm here? Are you aware? Or are you playing the fucking end of the scene? Right. Or are you doing? Crow. You know Crow? No. It, thank God. It seems like something up in the, the Pacific Northwest where it's character, it's, a, it's an acronym. Of course. Where, of what you fucking have so to do. So that's get the through. same thing. It's like defeating improv. Yeah. It's people that are improvising so that they don't ever have to improvise. <sighs> you know I what I mean? Yeah. It's defeating, it's defeating the great beast. It's like something that you're afraid of that lives out there, and that is improvisation. And can I do it? Yes, I can if I defeat it. You know what I mean? Wow. Right. Or can I do it 
because I become one with it or that I am like part of this. Thing. I, and that's the whole thing. Right. I, this has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with you. Right. It has to do with this car that neither of us are driving that is taking us to a destination we, that we don't know where it is, but we're in this car and it's driving and we know we're going to get somewhere. Right. But it's the way that you're also looking at your life. Right. I mean, are you looking at your life like that, where there has to be a, where 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 there you have an expectation, and the end of the story is going to be that? Right. Well, I mean, you can't you can't really blame people either. You know what I mean? And this is why I use America and I use human, but also specifically America. We're very like we're very product oriented, like packaged this concept, and we're coming out of that. And I do believe that our culture is becoming more like um, present. And it almost has to be, but it's very product oriented. Like that's how we were raised is like, this is what's popular. This is the thing. And it's prepackaged. So now how do I do a prepackaged version of what it is? I don't want to actually do it. I just want the idea of it. And a lot of these places, that's exactly what they offer. Not only because it works for students who don't actually want to do it, but because that's genuinely who they are. That who, is who our the schools are. And that's who we are I as did. individuals. Is like mm-hmm. when we have a problem, we go purchase it. You right. know what I mean? Like we go out we throw and throw money the at packaged it. version of right. it. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get like too crazy or like. No, I, I totally understand everything that you're talking about because really what you're saying also is the pro- for me the and I've said this before the product is the process when it comes to improvisation. What we're watching is in great improvisation is we're watching the process of those two people improvising. Yeah. The product is not the end of it. Right. So what we're watching is them go through the process. So is please go through the fucking process, which means. Deal with each other in this moment because right. I paid $14 to be a voyeur. Well, you fucking better be voyeur meat. That's right. Because you know what? I could watch what you're doing if you're only doing at the surface level, the superficial level. I could watch that on television. Yes, absolutely. And some of this is designed basically as a reflection of television. Like we are trying to do television that is kind of improvised. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's like a. When you say we, what do you mean we are on stage? Like Got this it. is our improvisation. We're uh-huh. trying to do written. We're try. Ultimately, we want to be writing, and we happen to be doing improvisation. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna say this, and I know that the other person's gonna say. It. In fact, we did it earlier, and we're gonna redo it Ugh. because that's like now that now we know what we're gonna do. Right. You know what I mean? Right. 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 And I. Uh, uh, and the problem there is, unless you are funnier than everyone sitting in the audience. Unless you are sharper than everyone sitting on us, like you're wasting their time. Clearly. As an as the opposition to that, if you can be genuinely yourself, if you can be a, a true like a human being on stage, everyone can relate to that. No one can be more human than you on stage. So you are now you own the room because you are the human being on stage that controls that moment. And you own the room because you're part of the fucking room. That's right. But nobody can be more part of it than you. Absolutely. If you can get to the point that you are honest. You don't have to be funnier than anybody else. You don't have to be better than anybody else. You have to be more, you have to be truly yourself because now we are watching this moment right now and you are in charge of it. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's literally you. Isn't it also, but the, again, we go to the difficulty where people go, what does it mean to be me? I don't exactly. know that I like me. And that's, you know what? I've got to prove me to me. And so when I talked to, there was, you know, again, there was a student in my class who just didn't know what the fuck to do, didn't realize that she is not her story. Yeah. That she's coming in saying, I'm not the kind of person who does gestures. As she's gesturing, like, baby, you're gesturing. It's like, I'm not the kind of person who likes to sit in front of an audience and have the audience watch me. And, which is a different story. But I look at that and I go, are, you are bringing you into the room and stop bringing you into the room and realize that when I give you a fucking script, 
you're not going to be you and you're easily going to be Ophelia or Lady Macbeth or whoever the fuck you need to be because you're going, oh, it's written down. I have nothing to lose. The biggest problem, the biggest fucking albatross that you bring on stage is self. Yeah. Is yourself, your history, your story, like all that shit. And when you could let all that go, whether you're an improviser, an actor, a painter, whether you're a fucking human being, the more you go, oh, I'm not, I'm the kind of guy who would do this. Like, like listen to yourself when you say that, because you're putting yourself in a fucking box and you're pigeonholing yourself. Yeah, it's your own prison. We, we, uh, we are prisoners. We can be prisoners of our past. Yep. And that's where the gestures actually are. Um, signposts that allow you to go this far and no further because you know that the emotion you're experiencing is past that signpost and so what you do is you put up the signpost right here it's like I would have felt more than that so then I do this gesture of like oh I'm mad you know what I mean and you show mad but you're not willing to actually be mad right you because that's actually dangerous well a thing about being mad is people want to avoid being mad because our society says don't be mad but here's the thing we get fucking mad yeah we get mad we get angry we get happy because i am not here to live my life happy puppy loves kitty town every motherfucking day i'm not going to do that i need for somebody i need to experience all the things it's like you're going to cut me off in traffic in that moment i get to be mad in that moment yeah. And then I let it go because another moment is there. And that's it's the, real, the realization of that fucking moment that we just stepped into, both of us. Yeah. And shit is different from this moment forward. Well, we fixed it. Uh, we fixed it. But people aren't going to fucking listen. People aren't going <laughs> to listen. But I don't know. You know do, you, do, do, you have, do you feel, because what you're saying is essentially what, what I'm talking about too, isn't there that pushback? Yeah. You have two ways of doing it. You allow people to be themselves and you, you make it constructivist. It's constructivist improv, which is like, oh, you can have all your shit. I'll just tell you how to act. I'll tell you how to behave in this mathematical equation. And then they can keep all their shit. That's one option. The other option is you have to actually go into the human being and be like, this is what's happening. This is why it's happening. Like, who the fuck wants to do that? Like, that's, that's the hard road. And that's why, for the, a lot of the times, it's much easier to just build a construct around the bullshit that exists instead of sitting the person in the chair. No, that sitting a person in the chair is tough, man. Oh, I know, but it's the only way I know it's how to do it. It's the only way to do it. It's the only way I know how to do it. Yeah, because, I mean, it, and it's the idea. And this is nobody understands this, uh, or it's difficult to get people to understand this. But the lack of musculature is muscles. So there's a muscle to that person you sat in the chair that they don't understand. They don't understand that holding themselves still, that stillness is actually an active muscle. And some of the reason is they've never touched it and they've never flexed that muscle. It's not that we're teaching them anything. I think that we're, it's not that we're teaching people anything. It's that we're exposing people to that which they don't, they don't know yet. That's absolutely correct. And then it's uncomfortable because I've never, I'm not good at this. I've never worked it. I haven't, uh, and now are you asking me to be worse than I was just like moments ago? And the answer is yes, <laughs> right. yes. But, I mean, and to accept to. the fact that, that what has been happening, I had a, uh, I had a class the other day, and two of my students came up to me and said, there's this one guy, Rob, who I really like, and Rob is not being real, and you're not fucking calling him on it. And I went, oh, you're right. I'm not. i got to fucking call him on it because he is, he's learned how to play the fucking... Trick it, yep. Yeah, play the, play the puppet game. And I go, oh, that's really... What the fuck? You haven't been improvising in three weeks, you fucker. And that's for right. me to, go, to call that person on it because... Do you have people cry in your class? Yeah. Do you make people cry? I have. I have too. 
I have too. And it's not like, okay, a, a class isn't good until people cry. But I look at it and I say, I am not going to motherfucking let you go. Right. Other teachers have let you go. And so you're, right now, you want to take this to, you want to evolve. It's not about taking it to the next step. It's you want to evolve. Let's shed some of your history. Let's let you let go of that. Mm -hmm. So when I watch TJ and Dave, I go, oh, we're in good hands, man, because they are just letting it the fuck go. Mm -hmm. And they're noticing every fucking thing. And they have no agenda. And they're letting the scene go where the fucking scene wants to go. Mm -hmm. Now, I know Dave from Second City in the 80s. And, I'm, and I've seen that fucker go through some transformations which are, which are awesome. And one of the things I remember about Dave before he quit drinking was he could never play low-status characters. Ever. Mm -hmm. Never. Mm -hmm. So he quit drinking. I mean, you know, I drink. He quit drinking. And what ended up happening was suddenly all these... I mean, he's a great actor anyway. Mm -hmm. All these all these scenes opened up. And, I, I, and I, it's so awesome to watch him go through that. There was a magazine that in Chicago. Chicago Magazine did an article about him and said... Um, <laughs> the author said, I would pay to watch him eat lunch. Mm -hmm. And I go, I'd fucking pay to watch him eat lunch. Oh, me too. Oh, yeah. I got to, uh, I got to uh, work with him a little bit most recently on um, Veep. Mm -hmm. and just Even just like watching him rehearse. Yep. He puts so much less on it. You know what I mean? Like, There's nothing on as, it. As much as I talk big. And, you know, honestly, like I've never seen anybody be able to articulate something that they didn't suffer from. So in some ways, the things that you and I are talking about, I'm pretty certain we suffered from them. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I didn't get here because I was born perfect or I, you know, like, I suffer from this shit. And that's why I'm aware of it and that's why I fight against it and that's why I'm able to teach it. You know what I mean? I'm not immune to it. But just, like, that man is so much further than I am on the exact things that we're talking about. Just right. like the, uh, like, I don't need to prove myself here. Like, that's his mindset and I can't even get there. Like, I'm, I'm still, like, a desperate... You know, like, I just, I want to be liked, and right. I want to, like, I'm not, I'm not immune from these things. I'm, you know, I had a, I felt like people didn't like me when I was a child, and I'm still trying to make up for it. You know what I mean? Like, some, I, I'm just trying to be liked, and I'm, then I'm trying to, like, oh, calm down. And as much as I can get to that point, then I can, like, work, because it's all these muscles that are, like, coming up and coming down, coming up and coming down. But he has this, like, strength of silence. And it's, it's so it's a powerful. It's a fucking confidence. And oh. what's awesome is, it, and it's really, really awesome. And one of the things about gesture, we're going to go back to gesture. One of the things about gesture is, gesture says to me, you don't trust yourself. That's exactly right. And so you are saying to or me. Or you don't know yourself. Right. You're saying to me, I need for you to know exactly what it is that I'm feeling. Because it's time o'clock and we have to go to the place and eat the sandwich. Yeah. You yeah, you should do this. Uh, you should do a video blog because people people just don't see how much you do. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you're breaking a sweat in a podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, welcome to my podcast. It's but it's that that it's that thing that Pasquazi does. Uh, this is the first time I said his name. It's his last name. It's a thing that Pasquazi does where I, where he would walk on the stage and I would go, I don't give a fuck what he fucking does. I'm gonna watch him just be. And and it's always been that way. Yeah. It's always been that way. He he, he was in the first long form show I ever saw at uh, at Improv Olympic in Chicago. You know they were they were Dell's acolytes. You know. And they, uh, and uh, Baron's Barracudas, and all these guys, it's like, it's, it's just amazing the work that these fuckers have done. And again, I think it's because 
they're actors. And I think it's also because they're vulnerable. Yeah. And they're fucking smart. Yeah. Like, David is smart. Yeah. Did you see him in um, uh, the, the Da Vinci Code? No. He was in the Da Vinci Code. And he uh. spoke Italian. He was an Italian in the fucking Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Like, what? And yeah. he had gunplay. He was killed. Oh, wow. Spoiler alert. Love getting killed. It's the best. Yeah. Oh, you were killed. You fell out of a fucking window. I did. That was like a... That was a... That was totally like... Inviscerated. I love it. Being killed is the best. I fucking love working. I love working. I love it. How are you balancing... Because you're also teaching or are you just running the school? I am teaching. I get a lot of teaching. Uh Uh-huh. Well, how do you balance it just in terms of time? I mean, because I'm... I, I had to give up all... All, I would give up all uh, all auditions because I, I tour so much. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I don't... Uh, well, tour with what? I go on the road. I, I go to different countries teaching? and I teach improvisation. Oh, yeah. No, like I I'm, mean, I'm heading to Dublin next week. No, for me, um, teaching is... And I have to be very careful with it um, because the other thing is, you know, my brain runs real fast. And when I teach, it takes a lot of energy from me. Um, and it's a performance. Like I improvise. Like all of our teachers, we don't have curriculum. There's this thing that I call improv babysitting, where you're given a curriculum. You basically have to like do these exercises for people, <laughs> and literally anyone can do school. it. But in improvisation, you need a teacher that is literally improvising right now, like what they're attempting to do. And to take that out of the teaching seems like insane to me. I get why it's happening because some of the stuff is like accredited or what have you and sometimes it's so large you can't have good teachers but for me that's a show for me and it's the same muscle as a show. It's like it it drives me down from I'm very like spatial you know what I mean like in order to survive as a child um, with the emotional reactions I had and I've, I've been I've been looking at myself for a long time but I often went to a big picture. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's hard to talk about specifics mm-hmm. because that makes me anxious and it makes me feel emotion. You know, like that's my thing. <laughs> so I live in a world of very spatial, like taking everything that's being talked about and bringing it up to a, a larger space. Got it. Like a vantage point. But when you're teaching, you have to come all the way back down to the moment. And for me, that's great practice. It's right. like a great Zenish practice, but it takes a lot of energy. It's very hard for me. So I can't, it's even teaching two classes at the same time is very hard for me. Because uh, that's a lot of energy. Like I need the whole week to like recover. So I don't know if I would be able to. I, I would. I would have to change my behavior if I were to teach more frequently. Well, I for me, I, I know exactly what you're talking about because again, it's that that whole thing and, and the idea that we were talking about a product. The yeah. product is the schools have products. Yeah. And you're not because I don't know. Just like I don't think that there's a second city style. Uh, I don't think there's an I.O. style. Uh, I do think that there's a Groundlink style. I think that there's a UCB style. I don't think that there's going to be a Nourish style. No. I mean, what I've noticed is uh, people are breaking the fourth wall more, which I'm, like, super proud of. (laughs) Because I think that that's, like, another... Again, architecture, the fact that you are on stage, is it's another tool, it's another instrument of breaking, like, the actual format of improvising right now. Talk, bringing the audience in, talking to them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're installing, a, I mean, I'm hoping to install like even a clowning aspect, um, like an elective mm-hmm. to bring clowning and like taking um, 
the audience as part of your show. Right. Which is a different way of like handling scenes. Because a lot of times scene work is like, now the audience is done and we're here and we're stuck. But to be able to like have the wind of the audience and have that like as another ingredient, I think is fascinating. And to be improvising with it so that and you're not laying something upon them. There are, they, they are part of it. And this ebb and flow of like um, veneer. So it's like now we're inside of a scene. Now we're now we're in on a stage. Now we're back inside of a scene. That's an interesting muscle to right. be able to like practice. And I've seen people do that. Um, basically, all of these teams so far at the Nerdist School, and it's been really interesting to see because that's very like that's my aesthetic, which is like, fucking love it. It's fascinating. Oh, I'm sorry. What were we talking? No, about? No, no, no. It doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, the idea of that. I like the idea of, of it's your aesthetic because that's really the way that I look at shit too. Is to say this is my aesthetic, and I get to do this. And so when Yes, I taught these other schools. Yes, I was the I ran the second city. I, you know, and and uh, here and the school here and teaching all that stuff. But eventually, I had to shed all that and say, I'm past all this right now. Right. I'm at a very different place, and my, my very different place is I see a very specific thing that's missing, and I don't have a product that we're going towards. For me, I, I there's not a you come to my drop in class, and it's just. We're doing this thing. There's not a show. There's not a format. It's just these tools that we use. Yeah. And so what you're talking about too is letting, like, taking those blinkers off and just looking the fuck around yeah. you. Yeah. And some of that is, and the reason some of, um, later in my life as a teacher, as I like tried to teach, is um, like, and I took classes at UCB. I actually did um, college short form, but it's back then, like, it was all short form. Improv was short form until Chicago finally, like metered out its ability to do long form like you would run into somebody from Chicago and finally learn it now then colleges would do like long form and there's still pockets of this country where there are colleges that need someone to go there and teach them long form and that's how it all started like we started with short form but um you started we we being who's we it was a we started. team called recess oh in, you're saying that uh, you, at GW got it in DC got it Mm-hmm. Um, but I took classes at um, used to be, and one thing I noticed, and this is the same thing, like in some to some extent at the uh, People's Improv Theater, is that um, we are teaching you this in class, and when we perform, we're going to be doing it differently. That's what happened at UCB too. This is what this I noticed. This is this is UCB. Yeah, and it was it was not only um, not said, it was openly stated. Right. Do not do what we do in this show. You're supposed to do like what you're taught in the class. And the question is why. And the answer uh, ostensibly from them them um, was. Uh, this was back in the day when the four were actually still teaching, but um, was that you need to be able to do this first before you do that. And that's an interesting idea, is you can't, you can't be the end product at the beginning. Right. I actually think that's not true. I think if you teach people to do those pickup bullshit shows, the musculature in there, which is like, be absolutely cocky. Do not question anything you are doing. Throw everything out and fucking do. That is something, if you start with that, you become a different person. If you don't go through this arc of like doing everything that not necessarily the wrong way, but not the way that you will do. Like, can you teach someone how they will improvise when they've been doing it for 10 years? And that's been my challenge in my intermediate phase of like, after I started teaching, is like, wait, why am I teaching this? Because that's the stuff that I was taught, these rules, these lessons, right. or like whatever. It's like, wait, is it possible to teach someone to do faculty shows, to right. do the shows that they will one day, like what you're saying, throw everything out. Can you teach that instead of let them do that after they've done all this other bullshit? Because it really you can. Yeah, you get fucking habits. Yeah. And one of the things that I want to do is let. Can your habit be that you're open to the fucking next thing? That's your habit. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that, instead of your habit is, I need to get that joke. I'm setting up a joke. We're setting up a joke. We're setting this fucking thing up. Because really, at the end of the day, you're just on the fucking surface of it all. Yeah. And I want you to go deeper, the fucking deeper than that. Yeah, and I can't stand that concept of, like, bag of tricks. Like, I don't But know. isn't that what... Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I'm very careful. You, don't, you only need a bag of tricks if you're not being yourself. You How know what I mean? How do you, oh, I'm going to cut right, cut, cut to this then. How do you, this might be a conversation we're off the record, but I feel like, how do, because I look at those things, because you went to UCB, I look at that and I go to a UCB show and I go, fuck, I, I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm not getting, I'm not understanding what's happening here. I don't get it. I go to see a Groundling show and I go, that's not real behavior. Right. But maybe it's not supposed to be. And no. I, you know, and for me, I go, okay, what you're doing over here with the game, the scene, I'm looking at it going, I can see that on TV because that's essentially what TV is doing. Yeah, it's writing. It's basically improv for the writer. Yes. Which is the last thing the brain is able to do. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's running your brain as much as you can. And then you get to the danger, which is each of us is, we're a muscle, right? Our brain is a muscle and we're practicing, right? And what are we practicing? What muscle is getting stronger right now? So when you go into a program, you have a certain set, and you basically are like an aerobics class, or you could call it like karate class, or whatever it is, but you're working muscles. And so what muscle is this program teaching you? What is it they're working over and over and over again, and is that good for you? Is that gonna, why the, by the time you leave this, are you gonna be stronger in the areas you need to in order to function in the outside world or in order to be what you wanted to be when you walked in there, you know what I mean? And that's why I think that writing stuff, and if it's overemphasized, like the character stuff, or it's emphasized in the wrong way, you're, you're having people practice a muscle over and over and over again that gets stronger and stronger, and it's actually making them worse performers. I also believe that it's inorganic from what it is that this, their system wants to do. The yeah. system of creativity does not want to be governed and what, what, what Martin DeMott used to say at Second City is like, he, he say this at Second City, because this is really what Second City for me was. Martin would say, we, uh, he ran the school there, we are the midwives to your voice. Mm. We are here just to give birth to your voice. So what we're teaching you is how to voice, how to voice. What is it that you're saying? And how to have that point of view. Because that's really what we want to do. Because creativity is water, it's fluid, it's gas. It's, it's, it, it will not, does not want to be governed. That's right. That's not to say that everybody gets to go and make your own design. It's to say, know what a design is and know, just know your point of view and hold on to your fucking point of view. Yeah. I, uh, I think we'll change that. I don't like, I don't like bashing, you know, things. And I also like, um, I try to accept or try to find why, you know what I mean? I understand why these things happen. Um, I think improv is very scary. Uh, it has a limited, um, purpose in the real world. And so if you want to make it about writing or try to make people better writers by physically doing it, I get it. When you say it's a limited in, in the real world, what you're talking about is the product of improvisation, not the skills that you, we use to improvise. Right, because when you're improvised, the same thing as like a karate course or what have you. It's like it's eventually to fight. And a lot of times in these things, it's not a real fight, but then you go, you're making an instrument. You are making yourself into something. And all those skills, you are improvising. It's you. You're the only person that will walk out of there, and you're the most important person to take care of. You, because you are working are you on saying yourself. That, are you saying that? Because this is the way that I feel about it. The most important person on stage is you. Yeah. And it's your relationship to you. But, but not that, only that, it's like, why are you here? Like, get oh. better. Every, get better. Like, and this is why failure, and I, again, 
I, I understand like my interpretation of failure is different as, as you describe it. I agree with your interpretation, but failure is all you can be doing on stage because yes. that is you working the muscle. It's like the exercise of like, you need to get to the point where you don't know what's happening or you're not learning. Like, why are you on that stage? You need to like be working on yourself. You need to get yourself to the point where you're like uh, finding something new or like expressing something new because that's why you're there. You're there because you are walking out of there. You are gonna be taking all the skills and all the powers that you're you're working on yourself and bringing it to anything else. Um, so that's, you know, I get it. And sometimes with people, the get, overcoming fear is great. And I think this is a simplified, sometimes other, pro, uh, other programs have a very easy way of getting over fear. Like I love all that stuff, all that's good. And I try not to bash places. What was my point? <laughs> well, you are talking about not not wanting to bash places. I mean, yeah. I feel like like I get it. You know, uh, I understand. That. I have a different philosophy than other places. I will say this because I find I find that I find it frustrating. I find it very frustrating. Yeah, and and I'm not there to bash it. I just don't. <laughs> I'm not there to bash it. Just to bash. What I don't understand is I don't understand what you're getting out of it. I really don't understand. Well, it. I here's another my thing. my true fear is that it's actually making people worse, that's, and that's the way that I believe it too. I think it's horrible, and I I'm I, I have fear for it, and it's making people less artists, and I, I just worry about it. And then people come to other places, and they have all of this like baggage and all these like I don't know what to do. Like I have all I have a huge right bicep arm. Like my I worked this right bicep for four years or whatever, and my fucking arm is massive right now, and none of the, my body is like this weak, broken thing. But if I can punch, like I can just punch. I can stand on stage and punch. Like that's my thing, and they, I've, I've been trained to punch. You know, and it's, it's like, no, you're like a human being. You were so much more than that when you walked in. You're an emotional delivery system, your entire fucking person. Yeah. I'm still bashing. All right, well, I have a question for you. <laughs> I have a separate question that has to do with an actual question because there's a, um, and I feel like you would understand this, so um, this should also maybe be off the record, but it's in, I'm, I'm struggling with a term because, and it's a term that I can explain to you because it's what we're talking about, but it's the idea of that sense of, um, of release, that sense of awesome that you get to in your much latter days where you have no cares and you walk on stage and it's pure confidence in yourself um, and it's releasing all rules you've ever learned and it's knowing that you are not only enough but you're demanded to be here, right? right? And I need a word for that because that's our third thing. It starts with acting and then subtext. Subtext is like, how does improv work? How do, how do we communicate? What is the language, all that stuff, right? That's subtext. The third thing I'm just calling voice, but it's this, is getting rid of everything but you. So the importance of knowing yourself and then the importance of bringing yourself. The is Buddhist, there a better term than voice? Well, the Buddhists call it, but it's gonna be a tough sell. Yeah. It's enlightened. It's enlightenment. Yeah. And that's what it is, where you are just you in that moment. You are that. That is what you are. You are you. You are the stage. You are the scene. You are the audience. You are you. And at that moment, you are not in relationship to right. anything other than just being in that moment. Right. And so it's the acknowledgement of the enlightenment. You have become enlightened. Because I know for me, and I know for you, because the way that you're talking about it, it seems to me that the, and it's not getting out of your way, because that's not what it is. Yeah. It really is the, it's total and absolute, unadulterated acceptance of everything that is happening at that moment. Right. So it's acceptance. But in order for it to reach acceptance, you've got to know what the fuck that means. Yeah. You've got to know what surrender means. The idea yeah. of letting it go. Surrender's letting, pretty good. 
good. Well, surrender is really good. Yeah. Let Surrender for me, the definition is letting go of that which no longer serves you. Surrender sure. that. Because surrender is not abandon. Surrender no. is, you know what? I have everything I need and whatever else is, whatever I don't have, I don't need it. But in order for me to understand what it is that I have, when, in order for me to understand that next thing that's coming down the pipe, I have to know what it is that I have. Right. Yeah, so... This is good. I'm glad we're talking about it. I'm working through it. Because the thing is, um, I agree that it probably should be the concept of enlightenment, but that's, like you said, it's almost like too much. Like, this is the, like, how would you explain this to someone that hasn't even taken, like, a level one class? Like, what are your priorities, right? Our priorities are acting, subtext, and this third question but mark. But I think enlightenment is, like, too much. I understand that. But, but at the base, but underneath those two things is awareness. That's really what's underneath those two things. Absolutely. Is the foundation of awareness in order for you, the foundation of nothing, the foundation of tabla rasa, nothing. And so for, it, for any of that to work, in order for that to work first, you've got to be aware. So what you're really teaching in these classes I saw online um, is really awareness. And, yeah. and so you're not teaching improvisation. I mean, you are, but you're mm. really teaching awareness. Yeah. Yeah, but I want to. Um, I'm looking for a. a I totally agree. I'm with not you, helping by the way. you on the word at all. I, I can't. I can't find it. No, I don't know how to. Well, the thing is, it's out there. You just haven't it, found it yet. Yeah, I haven't found it yet, and I want it to be that. I want it to be exactly what you said, and then in action. I want the verb tense of yes. awareness. Yes. And I don't know. I want it to be an actionable version of like putting it, putting that in action. You okay, know what so I mean? this is what I'm gonna do. Anybody that's listening to this, they just send it to, if you have that word, because I think that you explained it, what you need, just send it to Dave at ADD.com and I'll send it to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we'll crowdsource it. Um, all right, let's end there. That was my, that, oh my God. Let's I think if beginning improvisers got uh, one eighth of what Ptolemy and I were talking about in this podcast, just when they were starting out doing improv, their journey would be so much easier. Boy, that was a great podcast. Thank you so much, Ptolemy Slocum. Uh, ADD Comedy with Dave Rosowski. Also, thanks Laura Parker, my co-producer. My dear friend, musician extraordinaire Al Rose for our theme song, I Feel Like a Million Dollars from Al's album, Sad Go Lucky. I want to thank Ian Foley, our producer emeritus, and you, our listeners. If you liked our show, give us a positive note on iTunes, won't you? If you're interested in having me at your theater, your improv school, a corporate event, or if you have a good name for what Ptolemy was looking for, please drop me a line at dave at addcomedy.com. Thank you, folks, and we'll hear you in our ears.